HE News, episode number 16. Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of Health Empowerment News with Croft Woodruff. In today's episode, we take feedback, questions, and comments from you, our listeners. Welcome back to another episode of Health Empowerment News with Croft Woodruff. My name is Andrew McGivern, and we're recording here in Vancouver today. And uh, how are you doing, Croft? Not too bad, all things considered. Weather wasn't too bad yesterday. And it looks like it's going to be good today, so we'll manage. Yeah, it's always nice to have uh, good weather. Keeps the spirits up. Today we have some listener feedback, and I think we should just jump right in. We got an email from a gentleman named Greg, and I'll just read it out. It says, my wife and I are going to China. She is very cautious about hepatitis B. I am adamantly opposed to having my 18-month-old daughter exposed to anything except good food, vitamins, and prayer. How do I encourage my wife to go to China in peace? With great appreciation, Greg. Uh, well, <laughs> of course, if she's 18 months and she's still nursing, then it depends on what the mother is eating. And if she's very cautious about hepatitis B, that's a good thing. With your wife and you going to China, well, my advice is to make sure that the food that you eat is well cooked. And as a precautionary, take vitamin C along with you. And be careful about the water that you drink, because that can be another problem. And so there are things that you have to do. Boil your water before you drink it, if you're staying in a hotel or, or someplace, you know, where you're not certain about the quality of the water, then that's what you have to do. And, and of course, I would, I would carry some powdered vitamin C, either in the form, form of sodium ascorbate or, or calcium ascorbate, or just pure vitamin C acid, that is ascorbic acid. And I use that to protect your liver because vitamin C is a very powerful antiviral and it boosts the body's immune system. Many experiments have been done on, would you believe, medical and dental students of all people. They were given a wound, actually, uh, in the, what they call, a dentist would call the upper maxillary on, the, say, the left side. It'd be about a 9-millimeter wound. And uh, then the students were given, uh, say, 500 milligrams or half a gram of vitamin C every day. And the uh, doctors would note the healing time. And they found that if they doubled the C, the healing time would also uh, decrease by half. If they get more vitamin C, there was even faster healing time until uh, it was just unbelievable how quick the body would heal when it was given sufficient amounts of vitamin C. And of course, we don't make our own vitamin C. We depend on it through fresh fruits and vegetables and if we don't have fresh fruit and vegetables in our diet, then uh, a great amount of the vitamin C is, is lost through food processing and, and other factors, food additives, and even some preservatives can be antivitamin. So this is uh, the thing that you have to be aware of. So if you're going to travel to China, take some vitamin C along and make sure that uh, when you eat out that, you, that the food that you eat is, is cooked. And make sure you take your vitamins I take a good high-potency multiple vitamin with me that gives you about, say, 25 to 50 milligrams of the, each of the B vitamins on average. Some will be in smaller potencies like your folic acid and your vitamin B12. And, of course, a complement of calcium and magnesium 
and, and zinc and some other trace minerals. Selenium is something I would take along extra with the vitamin C and also vitamin E. And are those amounts, are those for, um, for the child or for... Oh, for themselves, I'm referring for themselves. to. Okay. For the child, well, you're, you're dealing with an 18-month infant. If the mother is still nursing, and it would be a good idea if she was anyways, but to, if you're getting her on, to, uh, on uh, whole foods, again, it's got to be cooked food, and, and I, would, I would look for a good vitamin and mineral preparation in liquid form and see that uh, she gets uh, an appropriate amount according to the instructions on the bottle. Okay, and I think what they're referring to in, in terms of what they're deciding is whether or not to vaccinate against Hep B. Would you... Uh... Well, do they know what's in the vaccine? First of all, there's mercury, and uh, there's likely aluminum. There might be some other ingredients like squalene, I would stay with them. I stay away from them uh, as far as I possibly could. I've traveled to Europe. I've traveled into Mexico. And I've traveled back east into Canada and the United States. And I've never taken a vaccine uh, when traveling. I've just been a bit careful about uh, the, what I expose myself to in terms of food. Uh, and, and of course, uh, I take my vitamins. I've been to Europe. I've been to the Black Sea, in, in fact and had no problems at all. And as far as I'm concerned, uh, hepatitis B has a lot to do with the liver being compromised through being exposed to toxins that the liver is trying to deal with and becomes overwhelmed with dealing with. The liver is the organ of detoxification in the body. And the things that it needs to do that are vitamin C and the amino compound, our glutathione. And that's a tripeptide, if I recall correctly. And the liver needs that to function properly. And if you take certain painkillers, like particularly uh, acetaminophen, otherwise known as Tylenol, this is one so-called analgesic or painkiller that is responsible for the majority of emergency room appearances for liver failure. And uh, some of them do end up in liver transplant. So you don't want anything that's going to compromise your liver function. And that's why you need the things that the liver requires to work with. And besides B vitamins and vitamin C, I mentioned glutathione, uh, which you get from, uh, from uh, your whole foods. But you can also get a, a glutathione supplement to take with you. And I would take uh, extra zinc, maybe about 25 to 50 milligrams of, of uh, zinc citrate, just to be on the safe side. As far as... Um, a multiple vitamin and minerals concerned, I already mentioned uh, the uh, something that has at least 25 milligrams each of the B vitamins. Uh, as I mentioned, proportionally, there'll be smaller amounts of B12 and folic acid. Uh, I have seen some on the market that give you 50 milligrams of B vitamins. And, uh, I mean, B vitamins are very important for stress, as is, of course, vitamin C. Vitamin C is very important for maintaining good adrenal health. So uh, that it's about the long and the short of it, as far as I'm concerned. Okay, well, moving on to the next question. Uh, this one's from Stephanie, and she says, Hi, Andrew. Please read about Dr. Rima's father in the following, and she provides the link. You can ask Mr. Croft, who are the health advocates for Canada? I have not heard about them, and why are not the citizens of Canada informed about GMO, fruits and vegetables, and that they cause problems for the human body, liver, and other organ damage. Stephanie. 
Well, we can answer the uh, the last question first. You have to look to the media. Uh, they, of course, depend on advertising from these huge corporations that are promoting this sort of thing. And I mean, it's not just uh, food companies, you know, the big uh, food combines, but also the uh, the chemical companies who uh, are fooling around with this manipulation of genes to uh, produce uh, genetically modified crops. And a good example, of course, is the rapeseed, uh, which, um, what do they call it? rapeseed, a canola oil, and, and soybean is another one. And uh, they have genetically modified these these plants so that they are herbicide-resistant. And, of course, uh, that's great for the farmer because he doesn't have to use any weed killer, does he? And, and of course, it saves him money. But what is the cost to us? And ultimately, what will be the cost of the farmer? Because uh, now we have uh, weeds that are also herbicide-resistant. And so what are they going to do about those. And uh, we also see some of these uh, weeds that are herbicide resistant. They're not only resistant to, say, Roundup, which is used on uh, canola and and soybean, but there's other brands of of herbicide out there, and they're now spotting weeds that are resistant to three different brands of herbicide. So where do we get off at? I mean, this, this is absolute utter foolishness. And then, of course, the residues that are in the seed oil. And I don't care how well they refine uh, these seed oils. I don't believe they can get uh, the uh, chemical residues from the herbicides out 100%. So, you know, there is the cut of a thousand, what is it, the, the death of a thousand cuts. And uh, you keep exposing yourself to the same thing year in and year out. There's bound to be a penalty to be paid. I mean, that's why some people live to be 97 years of age uh, like Dr. Rebo's father, and other people only live to 92 or 85 or 65. And lifestyle and environment, all of these factors have something to do with it. Genetics play a big role because genetically, I think, in some lines of families, they have long livers. And it can be passed down through the male side of the family uh, it can be passed down by the female side of the family, and sometimes there's a conjunction of male and female. Both long livers get together and uh, produce uh, children who generally are long livers. So uh, those are things to take in consideration. In the case of Dr. Rebo's husband, well, he was placed into a home at 97, wasn't he? But, uh, without wanting to be critical in any way. And I, I know of situations where people had to place a parent in a senior home, senior's, uh, you know, continual home care because they were not in a position to be able to do it themselves. So you have economic trade-offs, unfortunately. But if you see to the fact that they're being well looked after and cared for and you make regular visits to them, that's about really the best you can do. I think in in this case, he was admitted to uh, a community hospital. Uh, it wasn't a it wasn't a care home, mm-hmm. and she was saying that he was fully alert and and healthy. Uh, I'm not sure why he was admitted to the hospital though, but within a few days he he was dead. And well, she, there's, a, there's a very good possibility that it might be the environment of the hospital itself. You know, the sterile atmosphere, and and maybe he had the thought in mind that it was time to go, or. Uh, the sterile atmosphere, uh, you know, uh, the lack of real caring attitude on the part of those who are in there as nurses and doctors 
can have a, an influence on the, on the patient's mental well-being, and it may very well be, well, I'm 97, it's time to go, and he gave up. She brings up a lot of good points that, mm-hmm. uh, to me, I think are probably true about mistakes that maybe the, the healthcare practitioners did that may or may not have contributed to his death. But uh, she then goes on to draw some conclusions that it is unspoken public policy to kill off the elderly in these hospitals because they're not as, they don't have the economic value of a younger person who has, you know, health insurance that is going to generate revenue over the long term. You know, See, well, it's a fat lot of good if you've got health insurance where your premiums are $6,000 a month. Uh, I, <laughs> and that I, is I, a fact in the United States. That's what all this political uproar over Obamacare is about. And uh, so uh, without getting into the pros and cons of, uh, of uh, universal health care versus private health care, I think that uh, there has to be a lot of uh, real, you know, analytical thinking about the whole thing. Uh, I had no idea how bad it was down in the United States when I hear that uh, people go into hospital and because they have a pre-condition, uh, uh, they've got a, a, a disease problem that uh, has occurred before, they are denied care or else their premiums go up exponentially. It's just unbelievable. That doesn't happen in this country. If you have a history of cancer, they'll stay, still, you'll still get into the hospital and get treated. And I mean, there are some things about our system that I can certainly criticize, and because I see it uh, with people coming to me with their problems. I think, in terms of the socialized healthcare versus private healthcare issue, I think I don't have a problem either way as long as everybody has reasonable coverage and people mm-hmm. aren't going to be turned away. Well, I consider uh, uh, socialized medicine to be the lesser of two evils. You can see it functioning in Europe, and certainly in Canada, and and certain other countries uh, where it's offered, but that's about the long and the short of it. The problem that's common in both systems is that there isn't adequate freedom of health care yeah, to, choose, to choose whether you're going to go with allopathic medicine or natural alternatives. Well, it's just uh, like an experience that I, I uh, went through several years ago. I was asked to consult uh, an individual who had a severe ulcer on the inside of the left leg. I'm sorry, inside of the right leg just below the knee, and the, the shin bone was exposed. And you could have fit a, uh, a pit from a mangle in that ulcer. It was that big. And in addition, on the uh, outside of the heel, just below the ankle bone, the ulcer, an ulcer was there. It was the diameter. You could have fit a toonie into that. And anyways, the individual, with the full approval of the physician, was given very high doses of vitamin E to the amount of about uh, 3,200 interneurosh units a day. And we're given uh, about 5 or 6 grams of vitamin C a day and a good high-potency multiple vitamin and mineral with extra zinc and, uh, and some extra niacin, niacinamide in those, or niacin in those days, uh, not niacinamide, and uh, they, they withstood the flesh. And the, the ulcer on the heel disappeared completely. The ulcer on the leg went right down to the size of a pea. And the lady happened to be traveling to a foreign country, and the doctors there happened to be Israel, as a matter of fact. They did a skin graft and covered it over completely. But, you know, something that really amazed me is that when she came back to Canada, not long after, they had taken off her left leg, the local physicians or surgeons. 
And it wasn't too long after that that the lady was gone. Why they did that? Because at the time that I, the last time I saw her, she was free of any ulcers. She didn't have any on the left leg, none on the right. So what's going on here? One of the things that did really amaze me is because if I had been that woman's family, I would have been doing some very big damage suits, mm-hmm. liability suits, because I, as far as I can figure out, it was not called for. Yeah, well, there's all sorts of uh, examples where there are alternative, probably not as profitable alternatives, but there are alternatives to mainstream medicine that oh, that work much better. Hyperbaric oxygen yeah. is a good example, yes. especially for those leg ulcers. Yes. But getting back to Stephanie's question, she's asking why aren't uh, the Canadian health advocates shouting out about GMO? Well, we mentioned about the uh, the media's quiet on it because of the advertising and uh, there's an awful lot of influence on editorial policy and reporting policy in major newspapers. I mean, you can see that with the issue of 9-11. Uh, when, we go to, when we talk about health care and we're talking about GMOs particularly, if, you're, if you want to do anything, in Western Canada, there's Health Action Network here in, uh, in Burnaby, B.C. 604 915 I'm not sure if that's right or not. Can I'll you? post the, the phone number for the Health Action Network on the, in the show notes. Yeah, and uh, then there's uh, Dean Nicholson uh, and Candace Hill. Candace Hill's based in the British Columbia. Dean Nicholson is based in Toronto. If you don't have their email numbers, we can supply them. I'll see that Andrew gets them to post them. And that's coming up to one of our, our next questions uh, that someone has left is, is they, uh, they actually recommended that we get them on as guests of the show. Yes, most definitely. To talk about Bill C-6. Yeah. Um, we did a, a show on GMO a number of months back. It was episode three of Health Empowerment News. Dr. Mercola has extensive information about studies showing the detrimental effects of GMO foods. Uh, there's a movie, Food Incorporated. Uh, it was nominated for an Oscar. It did it didn't win, uh, but it was. Uh, it got a lot of exposure due to being nominated, and it is a great movie that outlines the dangers of big agricultural practices, including genetically modified fruits and vegetables. Well, when they genetically modify, uh, in this case, uh, the, the seed plants, the seed oils, to be herbicide-resistant, uh, what are they modifying out of the, those uh, seeds in terms of nutritional value uh, to put in this so-called economic value of herbicide resistance. And are they really looking at that? And I don't think that they really are. It's, uh, you know, uh, just a short-term uh, uh, gain, I suppose, and will suffer the long-term pain. Another documentary that's good is The World According to Monsanto. Yeah. And uh, book uh, The End of Food, which goes into GMO and moving away from nature in, in farming. Well, that's the problem when you live in a big city like where we are in downtown uh, Vancouver in the West End in a high rise. I'm looking out out at high rises and uh, some people have plants on their balconies, others do not. And I think that it's going to be very important for people maybe to uh, get some pots and and, uh, try and grow some some raw food uh, that they can incorporate in the diet over over in what they are able to find in uh, supermarkets that hopefully will be carrying organic food. So that, that those are your choices. Did you see our tomatoes over there? Yeah, the yeah, absolutely. 
Yeah, and, so we, and what a big difference in flavor compared to that. Even the hothouse don't have the same flavor of a tomato that's grown in a backyard garden. Let's move on to the next caller, which was actually uh, John Hamill from the International Health Freedom Association. Yes. Yeah, and uh, John Hamill, of course, has uh, been a big fighter over uh, defending Americans' rights and to access food supplements and so-called shave, which when we get John on, we'll get him to explain those things. And it, it, it's very interesting with the American political system uh, because uh, it, when you look at some of the information that comes out, you can see that uh, Congress is really up for sale, regardless if they are Republicans or Democrats. And when I say Congress, that also includes the Senate. And uh, it, it is really... Uh, very, very sad situation. Well, he did leave quite a long voicemail. I, I'm not going to post it on the show or include it in the show because he did get into some personal information. Yeah. Uh, but he does want to come on the show and he wants to talk about possibly Bill C6 up here because although mm-hmm. he's an American, he's been following mm-hmm. the health freedom movement up here very closely and he's attended many of the Health Canada meetings and stakeholder conferences uh, up here as well. And he is an expert on uh, the dietary. Uh, supplement safety act down there and what's going on so he'll make a good guess let's move on to the next question and it's uh, from brian and i'll just uh, play it for you right now hey i'm wondering where i can get a good uh multivitamin um in uh, richmond vancouver area i know that uh, some of the multivitamins are crap so if you could let me know thanks i'll listen well what you want to look for is the potency you heard, already heard me mention uh, for Greg uh, that uh, they should get, look for a high-potency multiple vitamin mineral uh, that uh, has at least 25 milligrams each of the B vitamins, with the exception of B12 uh, and folic acid, which will be in proportionately smaller amounts. The, uh, the B12 will be in micrograms, and the folic acid may be a maximum of 1 milligram or, or 400 uh, micrograms. And, of course, uh, you can correct that by taking extra B12 and extra folic acid. Uh, And then, of course, uh, you look at the the, uh, calcium and magnesium and zinc, and there'll probably be some iron or maybe not. There'll be some manganese. And uh, selenium should be there as far as I'm concerned. Uh, So those are the basics. And, again, if, uh, if circumstances warrant it because you have trouble with slow healing, then you want to take more vitamin C and uh, extra zinc, and uh, and I say extra selenium because uh, it gets you more mileage out of your antioxidant nutrients, whether it's your vitamin A, uh, your vitamin C, your vitamin E, and of course, uh, to com- complete the ACE is selenium. So you have ACES, you've got ACEs working for you. And it's always to ha- it's always good to have a good hand loaded with ACEs. So same thing goes for your health. But for this is what you have to look for. There are several good brands out there that uh, you can look for and just make some comparisons. One brand that I use has a 50 milligram spectrum of B vitamins. And, uh, and I happen to like that. But there's actually two brands. Uh, one is a company's based, I think it's in Burnaby. And, and then, of course, there's another brand. They're made right here in the Lower Mainland. And there's a, another company in uh, Penticton. They have an excellent uh, product, products as well. Okay, well, you can name These the, are locally uh, made products we're talking about. You can name the companies. Well, I would say uh, Albi uh, uh, Naturals. 
Mm-hmm. It used to be Albi Imports, but it recently changed hands. Uh, the new owner has been in the industry for quite a number of years, and uh, from what I understand, is quite dedicated to putting out a superior product. Same thing goes with Natural Factors. Uh, I've known these people and dealt with them uh, since actually when my mother had a store in the uh, southeast interior way back in the, the uh, 60s. Uh, this is a pioneering family. It started right here in, in Vancouver. Uh, great products, and that, that's Natural Factors. Uh, the other one in Penticton is Trophic, Trophic Canada. And the people that are running it uh, I consider to be of you know good moral standing and of high ethic uh, standards. One of your favorites in terms of the multivitamin is the high-potency Multi- multivitamin from uh, Natural Factors. Yeah, and also from Albi Naturals. Okay. Yeah, there's a, there's a, there's a quite comparable. Okay, great. Thanks for calling, Brian. And uh, the next caller uh, didn't leave his name, so uh, I'll just play the, uh, the message and uh, we'll see what we have to say. Hi, uh, Croft and uh, Andrew. I have a question for the show and a suggestion for a guest. Uh, in regards to Bill C6, I'd recommend D. Nicholson, um, as well as recommending uh, Candace Hill. She's a uh, good historical reference. Um, she's been in the situation since the early 90s. Um, D. Nicholson is a good strategist. Uh, I have a health question for the show, which is, how do I improve my lungs capacity to breathe um, heavily? I've, it seems to be that uh, whenever my heart rate rises, my lungs do not respond and do not attempt to breathe heavily. Um, it's almost like I'm sitting at home watching TV. So I'm unable to process the calories that I need to on a cardio workout for some 650 calories that I can do today per hour, whereas when I was 22, I could do 1,200 calories per hour. And so I'm wondering uh, what that would be and how to start down the path of repairing it. Um, So uh, that's about it for me. Thank you. Well, first off, I'd say this is the one time you might want to um, find uh, a physician a lung specialist and uh, determine what your lung capacity is. Um, that that you could do that, and, and of course, if you're uh, covered by Medicare, it won't cost you anything. But uh, you can find out a lot. Uh, increasing lung capacity. Well, you do breathe consciously, don't you? Uh, especially if you're uh, doing exercises uh, that are putting uh, exertion on your heart. Your heart runs on oxygen. And so, therefore, uh, where are you going to get it from? It's through your lungs. So you've got to breathe deeply. Breathing exercise is a good idea. Deep rhythmic breathing where you uh, take a deep breath very slowly. Hold it for about three seconds. One, two, three, and then let it out very slowly. And do that uh, maybe about uh, six to nine times uh, or 12 times um, first thing in the morning. And maybe the last thing before you go to bed at night and possibly in the middle of the day. Because it's not just your heart that you're taking care of by increasing your lung capacity. It's also your brain because it functions too on oxygen. You could take up yoga. could be an option uh, if you want something that will really uh, discipline you into uh, uh, that kind of 
program. Otherwise, uh, take up, uh, as I say, conscious deep breathing, where you're just taking a deep breath very slowly through the nose. Hold it for count of three, uh, and then let it out very gently. And after several days, maybe you'll hold it to a count of six, and then let it out. Then maybe a count to nine, and then let it out. But do it very gradually, and let's see how you do, and you can report back to us. Is there any nutritional support for, uh, for the Absolutely. Uh, vitamin E, of course. Uh, vitamin C. Vitamin A, that is to say uh, your carotens, the alpha-beta carotene and, and uh, the other carotenoids such as xanthine, lutein, and lycopene, all very important. And I mentioned selenium, which in other words is back to the ACEs. And of course you do need the, the B vitamins and uh, you need uh, other minerals besides selenium. Your calcium and magnesium. Magnesium regulates your heartbeat. Uh, and uh, if, you get, if you get leg cramps, and the muscle cramps from over-exercising, that's indicative of a, of a magnesium shortage. And magnesium, of course, is very important for the health of the bones. If you don't get enough magnesium in your diet, you're going to be more susceptible to uh, bone loss, calcium loss, osteoporosis. And uh, magnesium is unfortunately too much ignored. And the biggest source of magnesium generally is your green vegetables, your green leafy vegetables loaded with it. But in this day and age, uh, again, no, uh, no access to organics, then uh, supplementation has to be the answer. Uh, calcium and magnesium, uh, one should make sure that they, on average, uh, depending on the individual, uh, give or take, well, we'll say the, the basic should be about 500 milligrams of elemental calcium, uh, 500 milligrams of elemental magnesium. If there is some manganese and some zinc uh, in there as well, that's fine. They'll be in proportionally smaller numbers. Uh, the zinc will probably be about, f uh, if you take the full 500 milligrams each of calcium and magnesium. And by the way, they should be as citrate. Your, your zinc will then be about 20 milligrams. Then you want to take an extra, an extra maybe 25 milligrams of, uh, of zinc a day uh, as citrate. Uh, I wouldn't bother taking any more uh, manganese. I think that you'll get enough just from uh, uh, what you get, if you, as I say, if you take a 500-milligram calcium and 500-milligram magnesium. Because you can get them in combinations of, uh, usually in powder form in a soft gelatin capsule, and so that it will dissolve quickly and be absorbed. Take these things with your meal is the best time, because when your appetite is working, so is your digestion. Are there, are there any supplements that increase the uptake of oxygen? Uh, vitamin E and uh, also vitamin C. Uh, they conserve oxygen, actually, uh, and selenium. And, of course, uh, all your colored vegetables, the, uh, the, the, the carotenoids, and that's alpha-beta uh, carotene as well as xanthine, lycopene, and lutein. And we hear about their benefit, uh, particularly lutein, I think, uh, for, the, for the eyes and uh, lycopene for men, prostate gland. Gland, but also uh, these they are, they have benefit for both sexes as far as I'm concerned. Okay, and uh, erectile dysfunction we might as well throw that in zinc. Well, it's always interesting to throw that one in. <laughs> <laughs> That's right for you men out there that if you're not happy with your sex life, 50 milligrams of zinc a day will will be, will be more than enough. Wow, interesting. And by the way, also if you have problems with prostate gland, there are some products out there that come from salt palmetto berry extract, and I would look for those. 
and particularly brands like uh, Natural Factors and uh, and Albi Naturals. Okay, I think that wraps up the show for this week. Thanks everybody for for calling in. And so, if you have any questions and you want uh, questions for Croft, comments or feedback for the show or suggestions for for guests, please call us at area code four one five two five one three six two five. If you're calling from the United States or in Canada, 604-816-0356. And of course, that information is at www.foodsarenotdrugs.com. That's www.foodsarenotdrugs.com, where you can find this show and the show notes associated with the show. So if you're listening uh, in iTunes, you can log into, uh, or you can load, bring up the website, foodsarenotdrugs.com, and you can see the show notes that were, and the, the uh, information that we're referring to during the show. Okay, that's uh, that's it for this week, and we'll see you again next week. Good afternoon, everybody. All right, bye bye.